Welcome to the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, a conversation designed to help covenant partners live Jesus-shaped lives. Amen. We are back with a Covenant Partner podcast. Jack Smithy here. And John Shirley here. What is up? We are just ending the week right now. It's Friday afternoon. I got out of the office a couple hours early. John, we're ending the week together. Good to be with you, man. Yeah, and I think you heard just a little bit of wind come across the microphone because we are enjoying this beautiful spring day. Spring has finally, hopefully, prayerfully. We're just going to say that. We're just going to say that out over Kansas City. Kansas City spring is here. (laughs) We're declaring that. But we're sitting here in the sunshine on your back porch podcasting. Yeah. So may you, wherever you are, find a patio to be at this weekend. Amen. We are talking about hours in our week. So if you add up the hours we spend getting ready for and attending missional community and Sunday gatherings, if you allotted about three hours for each of those experiences, you'd have 12 hours. If you add to that prayer meetings, D groups, huddles, it could add up to about 20 hours a month or more. That's a lot of time. Hmm. So if you were given back those hours to rest this month, what would you do with those hours? Let's say 12 to 20 hours of rest, 12 to 20 extra hours to unplug. That's up to half a work week this month given back to you. Hmm. So in the month of May, the Gathering Network does not hold public Sunday gatherings. And we suggest that all missional communities and groups have the freedom to choose what they want to do with their time this month. And our leadership suggests that they take down time to rest. So to some, it might look like the Gathering Network is taking a month off, but we aren't really taking a month off. We're really doing something else as a church. We're abiding. We're finding our rest in God. So John, why are we taking a whole month to rest as a church? That's different, isn't it? I mean, this might be one of the most countercultural things that we do as a church. And it was funny because we were talking about this the other night with the newcomers, our missional community, and you, (laughs) I forgot about this. But you have a funny story about this because when you and I met, actually, we had coffee at Broadway Coffee. You were just coming out of college at Mizzou. Yeah, it was April. I was moving to Kansas City to apartment shop, and uh, a mutual friend put us together for coffee. Yeah, and we sat down, and we actually had a pretty awesome meeting. It was like, yeah. man, this is... I don't know, man. Yeah. I, felt, I felt the chemistry. I, felt I know, the chemistry yeah. with you, man. We had googly eyes at yeah. each other from like a ministry <laughs> perspective, uh, and then and I, you were like, "How can I connect? How do I get connected yeah. with the Gathering Network?" And I was like, "Well, here's here's my email." April. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So I email you, and you're like, I, "I moved to Kansas City in May," and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm ready to to show up at your house for the thing," and you're like, "Oh, funny story. Uh, <laughs> let me reach out to you in a month." in june and we'll get back together and you know You're like, that's you. the greatest diss any church leader has ever given me right so i think when you're on the outside looking in you're like how do i how do i figure may out at the right. gathering network and it takes maybe maybe a, a may or two or three or four sometimes five right. <laughs> to figure out what to do with uh this gift i hope it's a gift you know i hope that we're we're seeing it that way and you i know? can tell you four mays later I'm so excited for May at the Gathering Oh, that's Network. awesome, man. Yeah. All right, so that's it, right? In the month of May, the Gathering Network collectively observes a spiritual practice, really, of abiding. We do that together. So it's like a fast, which makes it different than just taking a month off. Just like in a fast, you know, you abstain from doing one thing, like eating food, for the sake of another thing, which is 
putting yourself in a place of dependence on the Holy Spirit to fill you, right? And I meant to do this before we got started, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pull up John 15 because that's really the place, uh, that's like ground zero for us theologically, right? Scripturally on this experience. And so I'm gonna dial that up right here. Okay. It says this. It says, John 15, one says this. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. So I'm curious, man, as, as you hear that, what themes do you notice? Like what, what immediately comes to mind? We, we've, we've studied this passage yeah, numerous, numerous so times together. And what, what, are, what are the big things, themes that pop out for you? I mean, I think the themes that pop out is Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Mm-hmm. His father is the gardener. So it's very organic, agrarian gardening themes. And mm-hmm. It says that he cuts off branches that don't bear fruit. But he also cuts off branches that do bear fruit so that they bear more fruit. Hmm. Interesting idea. And he says, abide in me or remain in me and you will bear much fruit. And apart from him, we can do nothing. Yeah. Well, I'm interested, as you are, in this idea of bearing much fruit because I want to bear fruit in my life. I know that you want to bear fruit in your life. I know that our listeners, our covenant partners, they obviously want to bear fruit in their lives. And the question is, you know, how do we do that? Well, Jesus is telling us that we bear fruit in our lives if we abide in Jesus. And the thing about abiding is that it's ultimately an identity thing. You know, we rest from striving, producing, or trying to hold everything together. I think that's the thing that I feel in May the most is that we, we kind of let down from trying to hold everything together. And here's the deal, striving, producing, um, trying to hold everything together, all of that confuses us because it's it's a hamster wheel inside us that it kind of plants a lie in our heart. Two things. It says, number one, you're worth what you produce. And then number two, you have to strive to keep the production going mm. to be fruitful. And, you know, it just doesn't work in Jesus's upside down kingdom where authority and power come not from doing and our human strength and wisdom, but from being attached to Christ in such a way that we know He is the one who is producing the fruit in us and keeping the ministry going. So Jesus uses those who abide in Him to bear a lot of fruit in the world, and it's because that fruit, that life that bears that fruit comes from Him. Jesus holds our church together, and it actually is kind of amazing to us at the end yeah. of, you know, or at the beginning of every June when we all come back together and it's like, well, you're still, you're still here. You still, right. we we're still it. family. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's the thing that, that gets me as a leader that maybe in the early days when we even had this idea when we were going to risk it, it was like, man, if we do this, like, uh, I mean, I guess it's like if I were to, you know, when we tell other church leaders that we do this, they're, you know, they see dollar signs. They're like, how could you, how could you do that? Like, would, would people tithe? Would they give? Yeah. You know, if you let them go and give them that much time, are they going to come back to you? You know, um, the work, the momentum, the inertia of the church, like what happens there? 
And in all of those things, all of those are identity things. You can't push pause on all those things unless you're able to just kind of be hidden in Jesus and say, God, this church belongs to you. Like, I don't want to be confused. We don't want to be confused. This church is your church. And that's really what we're saying. That, that really is what we're saying. It's, it, this is kind of a, a, a protest mm-hmm. of sorts, you know? And I, I love thinking of it like that, that as a church, we are protesting the thing in us, that, that part of our identity that's saying we have to strive, we have to manage, we have to control what happens in this church when, you know, it, actually that's just a misguided notion that we're the ones that are keeping this thing moving. Mm. So literally every May we give the gathering network back to God and say it belongs to you and you have called us to steward this guarding by growing it, pruning it, so it can bear supernatural fruit. And again, that's what we want as a church. We want to bear a lot of fruit and, uh, you know, we have to plan for fruitfulness Jesus's way, you know? I'm, I'm curious, did, did you go, you know, in West Plains, did did you grow up around any pruning? <laughs> you know, I, I lived in the one neighborhood <laughs> out there, so I think most of my classmates got a lot of pruning. I was pretty... So, uh, so, so West Plains is a, is a rural you know, part of yeah, southern, southern Missouri. Missouri down on the Arkansas border. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of farmland, but I, I lived a pretty uh, suburban life. It wasn't really until I moved to Kansas City. One of my roommates got a garden and he, he took me out back and uh, we plunged our hands in the soil. So I was a late bloomer when it, okay. when it comes to these themes. So. Yeah. Did you guys get into any pruning or anything or were you just trying to put a seed in the ground and just watch it spring up? No, it was the crazy. We were growing tomatoes and then my buddy Clayton was like, man, pick out those little tomatoes. Like that's really taking all the nutrients away. And we You're literally, like, what are you talking about? What are you bro? talking about? Like, this is my, my little fruit. That this is what I had to show <laughs> for my efforts. And he's like, no, we, we got bigger, bigger ones on the way. Take those off. You know, he taught me a lot. Yeah. I'll, my dad, my dad has a green thumb. He, he can, he does amazing things in, in gardens. And we, I've had fruit trees all of our lives down in Texas. And I, I don't know. It's just always been so backwards to me. Um, every year at the end of the growing season, or I would, I would say maybe every couple of years, he would go into the yard and he would take some like tree loppers and he would just, he would cut the tree so far back that I was like, that tree is dead. That tree is, that tree is not ever, nothing is ever, it was like having a haircut that just went too far. It's like, that is not going to work. It did not make any sense to me. And then the very next season, we would yield a harvest of peaches or whatever else that was growing on that tree. And it would blow me away. I'd be like, my dad is a magician. He's a he's a yard magician, you know, and the truth is, this is just the way it is with 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 pruning and stuff. I was amazed by my dad's courage. Hmm. You know, it takes a lot of courage to me. I'm like, it just took a lot of courage to take that tree that just looked so beautiful that had just like given us so many, you know, pears or whatever, and then to just like cut it back. I was like, that I don't know. Hmm. Took a lot of courage, Dad. You know. I think we can all really get behind the idea of abiding and remaining and resting in Jesus. And I think it's starting to theologically paint the picture. But what would that practically look like at the Gathering Network if we're abiding, if we're resting in Jesus? Uh, yeah. Can you help us out with just some practical steps? Yeah. Um, it means, you know, firstly, that we're all free to not do things that we regularly do. Okay. So D groups can take a break. Huddles can rest from meeting. Missional communities don't have to meet. 
Um, we're saying there's not going to be any Sunday gatherings this month. And our meetings, if we still have them, take on a different tonality. I, I do think it's worth like saying. staff. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, even that. Or even in just all of our all of our meetings. I mean, right. here you and I are. We're we're podcasting on the on the porch. I don't know. We knew we were going to be doing this abiding talk, and we're right. just kind of feeling like I don't know. Let's just chill a little bit with this mm-hmm. today, you know. So yeah, I do think it's worth it. That you know, a note. Our our staff is keeping regular hours through the month of May. Regular, uh, you know, we'll all be observing like a regular forty to fifty hour work week. But those weeks themselves take on a different tonality. I'm personally taking a three day study leave at the end of the month, for example. It's part of my my planning rhythm in May to get away and pray and plan for what's coming up. Uh, so that kind of thing is the perfect thing to do in the month of May. I'm still going to meet with people. And in fact, not having to write sermons or plan worship services, etc. It'll give me more space for a kind of relational connection that I look forward to every May. You know, Man, how does this theme of abiding and remaining in Jesus in the month of May in general relate to the Sabbath theme that's been emerging. And we know Ben gave a great sermon. Listen back to that if you haven't listened to it. How does that relate to Sabbath? Yeah. Well, this month of rest is actually very similar to Sabbath. It's in the sabbatical family. And we're learning that there is a daily, monthly, yearly, and five to seven year rhythm on the Sabbath scale or spectrum. So daily, uh, I try to have a, a moment every day, uh, some moment of rest with Jesus. Typically, that's a pretty, you know, I, I plan to be with the Lord every morning. I, you know, and I do, I do my very best to make that happen. Weekly, uh, you know, we're, we're learning to all observe a day that we would call a Sabbath, a day of rest. It's one of the Ten Commandments, actually, to cease from striving and producing and to rest. God commands us to do this every week, and it's a central idea to Christian discipleship. And again, it's very backwards in, in terms of the movement of our culture. Our culture is constantly plugged in and moving forward and trying to produce and strive, especially here in America. And Sabbath is saying, turn that down, turn that down. Your brain needs to let down. Your striving needs to let down and abide in Jesus and realize that even the, 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 the productivity of your, of your work week will come from resting in Him. We like to say a lot of times that we're not resting from work, but we're working from rest. That is the idea here, you know? Um, so yeah, even monthly, one day a month or a big chunk of a day every month, uh, we're suggesting that we could all plan to get an extended time of silence and solitude away. That one, that one takes some serious planning, um, because those days can sneak up on you and get away from you. And then, you know, we're even just saying annually, how can a vacation take on a dynamic of spiritual rest? Mm-hmm. Every year, Alyssa and I try to get to some body of water, some place on this planet once a year, and my soul gets straightened out pretty quickly when I can sit in a beach chair, feel the sun on my skin, and then sip something from a cup that has an umbrella in it. <laughs> that, like, hey, me too. That thing, man, it just, I, and, and in that moment, I just kind of feel like gratitude and thanks just rise from mm-hmm. God. And I feel my, my literal body just kind of let down. And that is so deeply spiritual. You know, yeah. it's so, 
it's so fundamental to our health as human beings and, and people who love God. You know, for us, the month of May here at the Gathering Network, this this is our annual mm-hmm. moment. This is our annual, you know, sabbatical actually as a church where we just say, God, we're entering into this space to connect with you relationally, to c- connect with one another relationally and to let down, right? So then we would suggest that every five to seven years, I don't know, this is a, this is a thought, this is a dream. Mm-hmm. I'm putting this out there in, in the dreamland, this idea of a sabbatical, which would be some extended time away. Um, I would suggest at least a month if you were to dream about this. Maybe when a vocational transition is happening or after you've planned the experience with your boss for a couple of years, you know, just kind of seed that thought in your boss for a couple of years or you take advantage of a policy at your workplace that you maybe didn't even know they had. I remember you telling me that at Cerner, you realized when you were working at Cerner that you realized that you could take a sabbatical. Yeah. When? Um, the first one after seven years and then every five years after that. Yeah. And so that's not a church. That's Cerner. It's very corporate. Yeah. <laughs> and they're probably not advertising, hey, seven years, you know, you can take a sabbatical. But if you ask, like, hey, do we have a sabbatical policy? Um, you might you might learn a, a right. thing or two. I just think amazing things would happen if you begin to dream with your employer about being there for seven years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it, good news to an employer. Cultural idea. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about my seven-year plan here with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your boss is like, I'm listening. Go ahead. Keep talking. Well, begin to dream and plan about a sabbatical. So even if you dream about taking your first one in your 40s, okay? So if you're in your mid-20s, I'm talking about putting 15 years on this dream. Think of it as something that could be a reality. I'm asking you to think abundantly, right? Rather than thinking it about it as something that could never happen, which would be scarcity, right? It takes absolute years to plan. I took my first real sabbatical when I was 40. It took seven years for me to earn it. Um, so I don't know. Dream about adding up all your PTO days or whatever in the world you could possibly do to take two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever, mm-hmm. to dream about that happening someday. Yeah. So. Yeah, so speaking of planning a moment of rest for ourselves, you're really encouraging us to think intentionally about what we do with the month of May as a church. Why think so intentionally about rest? Yeah, well, because if we don't think intentionally about it, it just won't happen. I mean, if you're anything like me, you just put work in any open space that you can find. And so if a void is created... Man, I'll, I will fill it. I will fill it. I remember when I was on sabbatical, uh, just a year ago, I told Alyssa, I'm so glad that we're going to relocate for a bit of this sabbatical because the longer I sit here, the more I'm thinking that the house just needs a deck. Like I, we, we need a porch across the front of the house, you know, <laughs> like if, if, if there's no work to be done, I'm going to make it up. Right. And so if, if we don't intentionally think about what we're going to do with this time, we'll get to the end of May and be like, well, that just kind of evaporated, right? Mm. It goes by so quickly, and before you know it, it's over. And I think there's two things. It's possible to, number one, not see this as a gift, and then secondly, to not use it as a gift, right? We hear each other say all the time, I'm so busy or I'm really tired. Well, now time is being given back to you for the sole purpose of your rest in God. And the question is, how are you going to use that time? And if you don't have a plan, we won't make the most of it. 
So how do you suggest making a plan to use this as a gift? I'm excited to see how this is going to go this year. We've, we've made a worksheet. Come There's, on. It's yeah. a worksheet, people. And you can go right on the cover page of gatheringnetwork.org and you can download it there to use that to make a plan for your rest for the month of May. I think there are two really important questions that people need to ask right now. And the first one is this. What do I hope for or desire out of this month of rest? And the second one would be in prayer, Jesus, what do you hope and desire to do in me or with me in this month of rest? And we all know that the second question, right, the Jesus question is a priority, but the first is really important too, because Jesus cares about what you want. And my bet is that he'll meet you wherever you go if you open your heart and your ears to him him in that spot. Mm. So the worksheet is basically there to help you work through these two questions and then to make a list of two to three hopes or desires. And then it helps you give those hopes and desires a name, a place, a time, a person to contact if needed. And it helps you involve other people along the way. So married people with kids, you know, how can you work together, maybe make a plan, Uh, for each of you to have a few hours away on a Sunday morning or something like that. If that's going to happen, it it has to be fair to have a conversation about it. So the the worksheet basically helps you know what conversations need to happen. And then it'll help you get to those conversations and to make a plan for them even. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm excited to do my worksheet. Seriously, I haven't seen it yet, but I really, I'm going to print it out. I'm going to do it. And Gathering Network, there you go. We pray this will be a month of rest for your souls and may you plan today how you will make the most of it. So go get the worksheet at gatheringnetwork.org and missional communities will be back the first week- weekend of June and our next Sunday gathering will be June 10th. Can't wait to see you there. Yep. Have a great month, everybody. We'll see you.